Welcome to Sounds Like Success with Atlas IED. Hello and welcome to Sounds Like Success. I am your host for today's podcast, James Kent. The pandemic has touched everyone's lives throughout every town, every city, every state in this country, and every country in the world. There isn't a single person or business that has not been impacted in some way by the COVID-19 virus. To get industry specific, let's take a look at the pro AV space. My guests today are both from Atlas IED. Gina Sansevero is the VP of Marketing and Corporate Communications at Atlas IED, and Michael Pivaler is the VP of Sales. Gina and Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you two doing today? Great. Great. Thanks. Doing well, James. Thanks for having us today. Well, my pleasure. Uh, so what's life been like for both of you on a personal level since the pandemic took hold in the United States? And uh, more importantly, on a business level, how has Atlas IED been weathering the storm? Well, James, on a personal level, um, it's been uh, a change. It's been a challenge. I'm used to traveling a lot for work and have been home for eight or so weeks now. Um, I don't remember the last time I got on an airplane. And uh, to be honest, it's it's uh, causing a little bit of cabin fever. And it's been a cold and gray spring. So it hasn't even been uh, easy to work outside in the garden. But I have my son at home from college and I have my dog here to keep me company. And so I apologize in advance if you hear either of them um, running around the house at any moment. But I think this is our new every day, right? And, and, and we're kind of doing our virtual happy hours and we're doing virtual meetings all the time. And from a business standpoint, that, that is exactly what we're doing. We're dealing with everybody's kind of um, personal challenges, the home challenges, the work from home challenges, the family balancing, the making meals every night, as well as, you know, making sure that we are still keeping the business running and running in a way that's not just productive and, you know, neutral, but running in a way that's really allowing us to set a foundation for growth um, right now and growth for when everything kind of comes back and starts that staged um, return to normal. And Michael, well, the lifeblood of sales is engagement with customers and going out on sales calls and meeting with the customers. And there's a lot of travel involved there. So, you know, what are you seeing there as far as an impact? Sure. Well, similar to Gina, you know, we I travel a lot. My team travels a lot. My family and I had just moved right before this kind of all started. Um, I, I live in Dallas and we moved to where we were eight miles away from the airport. So it was going to be easier getting in and out. And I haven't been to the airport since we moved. So kind of the challenge of new neighborhood, new schools, uh, which we only got to go to for a week, uh, and then trying to alter the business from a face-to-face -face interaction model uh, to a much more virtual model. Uh, but fortunately, I think the atmosphere and the attitude uh, within our company and within the sales and marketing teams, and, and again, really the whole company, have been, let's work together to figure out what our customers need. Let's look at the business and see what we can do. And um, and so I think we went through that that initial stumble, look at every, what everybody else is doing, try to do things um, and see if they work and see if they stick and then go back and, and revise and and that kind of thing. And and now I'd say we're we're definitely in 
a new model, a new operation, right? You're used to working from hotels and your office at home and, and airplanes and everything else. And now it's just the office at home. But I, I think because of the attitude of the organization and the willingness to try things and figure out how to make it work, we've been able to uh, remain pretty successful. So, Taking customers for a second, when we look at Atlas IED, for example, many of the segments you focus on, be it government or education, healthcare, corporate, transportation, they've all been greatly impacted by the pandemic and various stay-at-home orders. So while some industries may find an opening during this time, be it selling PPE product solutions or online communication tools, this can be a real tough time in other industries. Are there niche solutions you're finding yourself offering during this time that are shaping the direction of your company for the foreseeable future? I'll jump on this real quick, Gina, and just simply say it, it's actually been really surprising. I think we thought the same thing you just said when this kind of started, and that was our big concern. In fact, it's kind of been the opposite. Um, as schools have been shut down and they've gone ahead and shut down for the summer, they've taken what is historically, uh, you know, six to 10 week installation uh, timeframe for K-12 as an example, and it's been expanded to now. Uh, there's nobody in the, the kids aren't in the school and contractors in many cases in some states, obviously it varies depending on uh, local laws and regulation have gone ahead and opened up. So we've started seeing some of our school orders coming in earlier. Uh, transportation, same thing. Airports, yes, while the amount of traffic flow in the airport has actually slowed down, in many cases, the, the, the governing bodies of those airports have decided to accelerate the uh, upgrades and work. Uh, because they can do it without having an impact on passengers. A number of our verticals have actually picked up quite a bit, um, and and we've been able to proceed. And in many cases, of course, to be fair, these these jobs were budgeted and in progress already. That cycle, you know, obviously could be delayed for us. Uh, but at this point, no, we've been able to actually stay pretty pretty busy. We're not really in the collaboration space, and a lot of the corporation environment uh, that has um, definitely been slowed down. You know, while we fit in the conference rooms and the classrooms, it hasn't impacted us as much as I, I think, unfortunately, as it has some of the other companies in the industry. So for us, kind of our product diversity and vertical diversity has allowed us to, to you know, maintain a pretty successful stream. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that there's, you always have to look at the silver lining in a situation like this. And there are even in times like you know these golden opportunities where the projects of the of an av nature they can be uh, disruptive and they're certainly time consuming when there's a lot of people in say the building but you get an opportunity like this where you could get a project this in there all done before people return, it, it, it's sort of like a perfect opportunity. Like, but it's great that these customers of yours are, are thinking that way. They're not putting off something uh, because this is a perfect time. Again, my, my kids are out of school essentially for five months before I can get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, same boat. Absolutely. Um, we've got a 13 and 14 year old here at the house. So trust me, I, I fully get that. But um, you know, I, I, the other thing I just want to emphasize is that our corporate mission is to help our partners, and that's our our channel. And so we've really reached out to do whatever we can to help these these contractors be successful and be able to continue, you know, working again within, you know, we have certain states that are still really locked down and contractors aren't allowed in sites. We have others 
uh, where they've been deemed more essential business and they've been able to stay really active. But uh, we've looked at our mission um, really on every front, uh, including uh, the charitable side. And I'm, I'm sure Gina will address that later, but we've really looked at our mission through this as, as doing everything we can to keep our employees uh, and partners safe and healthy, uh, both physically and financially, and tried to maintain a balance uh, between the two things to ensure that, you know, when we come out the other side, you know, hopefully the businesses are intact and, and everybody's healthy and okay. You know, Michael set the perfect stage. We have a very firm core values in place for our company. And and part of that is it's kind of a cultural, you know, vein where we live and breathe this every day. And this comes from the top, right? And so what we've done also during this time, in addition to making sure that we are financially stable, making sure that we are able to help our employees, our partners, and our dealers, we've also decided that we have manufacturing bandwidth in the United States and in our Texas facility, um, again, as part of our mission to give back and as part of one of our core values of integrity, we've decided to take some of that bandwidth and reallocate it to a new manufacturing process. And we've started creating face shields to be donated completely cost-free as PPE to healthcare workers across the country. And we did a little bit of an exercise the other day, and we found that we've had requests come in for these donations from 45 states plus DC. Wow. In addition to a number of international countries. So we have a reach and we have the ability to really impact our country and, and the country that's clearly, um, you know, supported Atlas IED in our growth over the years. And so this is our way of giving back. This is our way of donating time and resources and money. And again, this came from the top. This is part of our core mission. This is part of our culture. Um, and the president of our company is continuing to invest money into this project. Oh, that's fantastic. Just on a personal level, my wife, uh, she works at the regional hospital where I am. So they rely on uh, all of the people pulling together to uh, to do things like this, like with the face shields. And it's so greatly appreciated from the healthcare workers that it does mean more than I think you could ever know. You know, again, we look at things uh, at times like this, even, you know, with our competitors in our own space, you know, suddenly you sort of take on this family aspect where we, you know, we really are in this together. And what are you seeing from the rest of the AV industry? Uh, because obviously it's not just, you know, you that's been impacted. It's everyone. Is is there other concerns or that are happening that, that you're hearing? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say personally, I, as a 20-year veteran of the industry, and I won't name companies, but I, I spent 17 years at one company. You know, for me, this is extremely personal. Um, but, you know, this this week, actually, uh, that company, uh, which has since been acquired, uh, laid off about a third of their workforce. And, uh, you know, my Facebook timeline and my LinkedIn uh, and then later text and phone were just slammed with people. Uh, sending me notes. And um, that was a really hard day. I mean, we were really busy with work. And and that evening, I, I was really distracted seeing so many good people 
you know, be victim of, of the financial circumstances. So uh, unfortunately, and I, I want to be careful not to sound arrogant in saying this, we've been very fortunate and you know, we've worked really, really hard and our diversity of, of again, verticals and applications has really helped us, but, but not everybody else has been so lucky. It's been really uh, tough. Uh, Gene and I are both very connected with a lot of people in the industry and it's, it's been hard to watch people be furloughed or lose their jobs or, or whatever. That's, it's been very, very tough. And, and we want to see this industry, competitors included, be very healthy. It's, it's part of what makes us uh, stronger as, a, as an organization. And so um, I think all of our thoughts go out to any of those people that are in that situation and, and hope that they will you know, land quickly and, and be able to get those businesses back up and running at full strength. Yeah, I want to talk about that for a second because I look at this pandemic as a multiple phases. Uh, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Clearly, we see signs of things are starting to unlock. You know, businesses are coming back slowly, and so let's just say, you know, I don't know x amount of time, businesses are starting to operate and run, and people are starting to move about. But to me, that's when the next phase of issues can uh, really start to come to the surface because there's a lot of damage that's been done. And just because you've opened up businesses, that doesn't mean business is back to normal. Um, it's going to be slow. It's going to be sluggish. And just trying to plan for budgets uh, in companies and what you're going to do in the next three months, in the next six months, I, I feel it's going to be very, very challenging. And I am curious as to what you're starting to do just from a planning standpoint of how you're going to tackle not the next month or two months, but really what the next six months down the road is going to look like. From our uh, marketing standpoint, um, clearly a lot of our trade shows and events have been canceled for the year. So that's made it um, a little bit more challenging, um, but it's pushed our creativity. We've tried to find ways to do a lot of outreach and to plan for product launches and product demonstrations to be able to provide the sales organization with the tools that they need to both be successful in a virtual and an in-person, but a limited in-person sales capacity. So, so from a marketing standpoint, we really have been pushed to be very creative to come up with some different avenues to increase our visibility, to stay active in the industry. And I believe that, you know, it'll, it'll help us in the long run, even when we do kind of return to normal, um, even when that sluggishness wears off. I think that our organization is, is far more strong from the, uh, you know, planning and the tools that we've put in the place uh, in such a short time but have already shown some success. So some of our training has been flipped to a, an online or webinar training from in-person and in-classroom training. And we've seen over a 300% increase in registration. People are really, you know, wrapping their arms around and embracing professional development and education right now, especially when you're in a work from home situation and you, you might be furloughed or, uh, you know, unfortunately laid off. We're, we're providing the opportunities to make our colleagues, you know, more marketable and, and have additional tools in, in their professional toolbox. Some of the solutions that you provide um, from an audio standpoint, did you have any 
say, recent launches uh, where you, you installed a, a new setup for a customer right before the lockdowns happened. So you've got a system in place and now the training that might have taken place had to be halted because people were sent home and now they're switching to these online modes of learning. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're doing a lot of remote support and a lot of remote training. And just to tag on real quick to, to the previous question, you know, I, I think one of the things as a team we're doing as, uh, as a sales organization is just kind of, you know, we have to plan from worst case all the way to best case. And, you know, uh, everything from what if we can't get on, on, a, on an airplane because our customers don't feel comfortable with us coming into their office, uh, having come off of an airplane and that lasts until there is a vaccine or, you know, January, February or, or whatever it is. And so... We kind of have to plan from from that all the way to what's the model look like if everything resumes to normal. That's the best thing we can do is kind of plan for the worst, hope for the best, but be ready and and talk open and honestly and and be willing to listen to ideas and, and considerations. And, and Gina's right, the marketing teams really had to, to be creative and they've done a fantastic job in doing that to give us an opportunity to continue to get as much exposure as possible. I, I think this virtual model may wear on people after a while where, you know, I, I think people are tired of zooming all day and things like that. And you, you're starting to hear comments like that. So we're going to have to continue to try to reinvent through this process. But again, hopefully as we come out the other end, the, this, the tip of the spear is sharper because we've, we've been through this, we've, we've become a better organization and we've got more tools in the tool belt that we can use, you know, going forward, no matter what the, the scenario looks like. Gina and Michael, both or either or, what in this business environment right now, what concerns you the most? I, I'll jump in and say first, it's still safety for me. Um, yeah. I, I understand the economic concerns and certainly we share them. But for me, the health uh, concerns still override, right? Um, you know, the first question that everybody seems to ask when they hear that someone uh, passed away is did they have an underlying health condition? And uh, you know, I know for a fact I've uh, I've got team members that have underlying health conditions. There's no way I'm going to put them in a position that is going to compromise their well-being. It's just not that important, right? We'll find another way to do it. And so for me, in, until we get to a position where we can get people to adhere to some basic safety procedures. And, and practices on a consistent basis. Um, health is still, for me, the first priority and the business stuff will, it'll, it'll come back. I absolutely believe um, that that's going to come back. But you can't have a healthy business environment without a healthy society. That, that, that really hits the nail on the head as far as the real challenge here is that uh, this pandemic on so many different levels, it kind of hits the psyche a bit because it's one thing to say, you know, all clear, everyone can go back. But then how do we overcome the the real concern of, of people's health? We know that the virus hasn't just uh, called it quits and, and disappeared. And it's, a, it's an invisible thing. And it has, you know, a long latency period. And you don't, you know, nobody really knows. So it, it kind of really makes it a challenge, I would say, from just a planning standpoint as to you can do everything right. But is it still right enough? Uh, you know, and I don't have an answer for that. And, you know, and 
that's going to be a challenge, not just for you and your company, but every company, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I believe that, James. We have um, a number of facilities throughout the country, and they're all in different areas from rural to suburban to city. And our leader, John Ivey, our president, has said on a number of occasions that he is not willing to to reopen any of our facilities. Right now, it's essential workers only, assembly, manufacturing, shipping, receiving. But he's not willing to reopen to general partners until he is 100% sure that he can keep them safe. And so it doesn't matter if it's rural and and it's Texas or if it is Phoenix, Arizona, those facilities will remain closed to our general worker population. It's it's something that he feels very strongly about. It's clearly something that Michael and I feel very strongly about and all the leaders of the organization. And I think for our employee partners, it gives them peace of mind. It gives them peace of mind that we have thought about them, um, that we have planned for business continuity. You know, we will not allow them to put them, their families or any of our uh, customers at risk. But it sounds like I'm also hearing you saying that for customers or prospective customers out there, uh, the good news is that your solutions are available and you can get solutions to your customers. Oh, James, without a doubt. Let me tell you that our supply chain and our inventory is very secure. Yeah. So I'll just add to that. And obviously, (laughs) heading up sales, this really is a big, big one for me. First of all, the beautiful thing for us is that we're private. And so where a lot of companies inventory, uh, high inventory is a negative. It counts, you know, against the books. Uh, for us, that's not the case. And so, you know, we have, we have basically two shareholders, which are John's parents. And, uh, so we are able to invest in inventory and, and we've got a really, really great, uh, planning team who helps to make sure that we're getting our, our stuff in. We've got boats on the water pretty consistently, in addition to the fact that we have full manufacturing capabilities here in Texas. And so, um, you know, we've got 300 plus uh, BAA, TAA, you know, made in America products. And uh, we were having a discussion about it the other day. And and we said, look, if we can't get something in from overseas, um, we know we can make an American version of it and sell it at the same price if we need to. So, the great news for us, and, and we get calls every day, is that inventory is in no way an issue for us. We are, we are very healthy from that perspective. It, I've been on multiple calls with our CEO who has been adamant that we, that we continue to maintain that. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's an extremely, we're in an extremely positive position, um, especially as we go get you know, through the summer and school install period is still being done because a lot of that's bond money. It's got to be spent. It's got to be, you know, it's already been dedicated. I think that's going to put us in a more advantageous position. Are you seeing anything new that's come out of this? Or is there certain requests that you're seeing that are not requests that you would typically get before the pandemic? I would just say that we're seeing an increase, you know, so obviously we do a lot of PA, a lot of announcement, a lot of mass communication stuff, right? What we're seeing is a requirement for more automated messaging. So we, we see a lot of that coming out there. There's a, a large retailer that we're working with, and obviously I can't say who that is, but you know, their interest is, is having scheduled reoccurring announcements 
you know, through, through out their facilities, outside of their facilities to remind people of, you know, social distancing and mask and, and face coverings and, and various other things. And so that it's definitely coming into different environments like retail. Uh, we've got, we've got people involved uh, on the commercial real estate side who are seeing people talk about how that's going to work as we begin to open corporate buildings again. And so that automated announcement uh, I think is going to become uh, much more a part of what we do in a standard system. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've seen that has evolved over the last few weeks from a demand standpoint or request standpoint. Yeah, I I, I agree with you uh, because what have we seen in the last eight weeks, right? Look at how fast the grocery stores have transitioned. I think of things that I see now in a grocery store, uh, just from a communication standpoint, the various things that are on the floor to guide you a certain way and to tell you to keep your distance. And also uh, just from you know the shields that they put up at the counters. I mean, a lot of things are transforming. And then I look at healthcare, right? We're now going to start seeing regular procedures happen at uh, many hospitals again. However, the more people are going to come back into these healthcare facilities, uh, there's going to be instructions that they need. And the question is, are there announcement systems up to the tasks of what we're going to need after this pandemic or even during it? Uh, so I can see where there may be, I want to say new business, but there may be new business need in that space for your solutions. Yeah. If you think, how many times have you been in the airport and you hear Carolyn, that's the female voice. Um, she's an IED employee, Atlas IED employee. How many times have you heard her make the announcement about unattended baggage? Right. I mean, every airport we're in, it's just a reminder to, because people get busy, they get involved, they get, they're not paying attention. I think it's the same thing we're seeing in these, all these spaces today. The, we, we talk social distancing, we talk all this, but then you get out and you're moving around, you're trying to keep an eye on your kids, you're trying to look for stuff, you know, whatever the case is. And so I think a lot of our, the end customers are saying, listen, we have to continue to remind people about this, even though we talk about it. And that's the arrows on the floor and, and all the other stuff to kind of continuously remind people that there's some best practices in place and um, they want to ensure a safe of environment for both their employees and their customers, which are us. Um, and so they want us to be reminded to follow them. So I do think we'll see increase there. You know, it's great to hear that Atlas IED is, is really focused on navigating this this kind of unique situation and has a great uh, inventory. There's no issues there. And, and, you know, as a manufacturer, what is it you'd like other, uh, say, even partners in the industry to know about the services that you provide? Again, you know, kind of I said earlier, um, you know, veteran of the industry, been along, around for a long time. I know a lot of key dealers, resellers, partners out there whose businesses have been really slowed down because of this. And, and maybe they're focusing very specifically on certain aspects of applications. You know, again, we kind of talked earlier about that collaboration space. It's not an area we've chosen to focus as much on, but I know there's a lot of partners who were heavily invested in that and huddle spaces and meeting rooms and, and those kind of things. And those spaces are absolutely going to come back. I don't have any doubt, but for the time being, a lot of these partners may be looking for ways to diversify their offerings to um, to expand what they what they are selling. And what I would encourage and, and and hope they would do is reach out to Atlas IED 
and find out what we're doing and what are the other aspects of those same applications that they might be able to sell, whether that's, you know, um, sound masking and, and, and speech privacy, a reinforcement in the rest of those facilities, whether that's, you know, mass communication in healthcare and in education or in industrial. Um, we, we do a lot with IP endpoints. We've got a, a great head end called GlobalCom that is a, a notification communication kind of control system. You know, there's there's a lot of those verticals and applications that are still building that are still very active and are looking for good qualified partners. So I, I just hope that people, as they are uh, looking to get their business back up and running or continuing to grow or or whatever the case is, will continue to look at Atlas IED as a as a partner that can help them get there and know that they've got our full support virtually for the time being. And then as soon as we can, <laughs> you know, as a Texan, not being able to walk up and shake somebody's hand is just a really uncomfortable experience. So I, I'm really ready to get back out there and and be able to to see our partners eye to eye again. And I know our team is too. So um, as soon as we can get out there with, you know, new or old partners, we'll be there. Well, now is a perfect time to contact you and your team because you're not traveling. And so you should be easy to grab. For sure. I'm at my desk a lot more than I've been in years. So absolutely. Uh, and and the team's really busy, but we would love to have the opportunity to speak with you. That's great. Uh, Gina, on the marketing front, just because you can't go to the trade shows, um, which, you know, it's, it's just, I think about where we were at the beginning of the year and having conversations like this, it was all about all of the kind of cool shows that were coming up that people were going to. So I know that, uh, you know, there won't be any chance in the near future to display some kind of the cool products that your organization might be working on. But uh, do you have anything in the pipeline coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as a result of a lot of these cancellations for these events, again, we've had to be a little bit agile here and, and start researching different ways and, again, be creative in how we're going to launch new product. What we've also found is that with this new clarity, we've been able to reassess our product development timelines. So while we aren't tied to launches at trade shows anymore, we've decided that perhaps new features or added benefits and capabilities um, to products can be added and we can push off a launch. While we were going to launch a new product family that has been in the work for works for a couple of years and, and has been a huge invest focus for our company. Well, we're going to launch that in June at our largest North American trade show, Infocom. We've decided to launch that virtually um, with a kind of a very big deal virtual platform in July, at the end of July. So we encourage anybody who's interested in learning more about what our new products, capabilities, and solutions will be to drop us a line or send me an email and we'll make sure that you're invited to that virtual launch. Um, again, kind of as Michael said, we, we know that there's going to be some sort of virtual fatigue going to set in soon if it hasn't already. So we're really trying to make this impactful, not long, not exhausting, but give our partners the information that they need in order to, uh, you know, move, move forward with innovative, and really interesting, uh, profitable new products for their projects. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to assume that perhaps a, a future podcast, as we get closer, we'll get even more information about that that we can share uh, with listeners. 
Oh, without a doubt, you know it. And, you know, July sounds like it's, you know, way, way, way far away. But as we've learned anything in the past eight weeks, snap our fingers and suddenly it's July. So the the most bizarre feeling is that a week takes a year, but a month feels like a day. Yes. I know that sounds like a strange logic, but I understand the logic that you're you're putting out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this uh, term. They call it the new normal. I don't know what that mm-hmm. looks like. I kind of call it the new abnormal. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I, I can't wait for the old normal. I really liked the old normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people always say, or they're saying, oh, but you know, we're never going to be quite normal again. I, I don't buy that. I, I think that it'll be different. Already, you're seeing things shape and change But one thing's for sure, you know, we we get over these things and we get over the hump and then we come back and we go back and we do do the things that we like to do. We don't let uh, these kind of roadblocks stop us for long. Yes, agreed. I mean, if I had to pick one thing that I miss the most, it's got to be hugs. I'm not going to give up hugs. That's going to always be part of my normal. Well. Gina and and Michael, it has been a pleasure chatting with the two of you today. I'm appreciative to get to the opportunity to speak with people directly on uh, the impact of COVID-19 that's having on their lives and in businesses, right? And finding out how uh, everyone's riding out the storm waves. And it sounds like Atlas IED is doing a really good job of it. Um, And and you're also finding a way to give back too, which I think is great. Yeah, we're again, we're we're very blessed. We're extremely fortunate um, that things have broken our our direction at this point, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna keep working as hard as we can and keep this going as long as we can. And um, on a personal note, make sure you thank your your wife for us for the work she does. Anybody that's out there on the front lines right now uh, deserves a whole lot of accolades and uh, a lot of support. And um, and as all of us stay-at-home parents now also think our teachers need a lot more money. So I, I think we will evolve as a society and hopefully for better as a result of this. So. Yeah, I've learned one one important thing through all of this is that I am not a teacher and my uh, two sons will attest to that. <laughs> so I really do appreciate what the teachers do because it's it's not working out for me. <laughs> Yep, yep. I'm 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 a former teacher, and um, and my wife is not. So uh, it's an always an interesting balance. But she's 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 been a saint. So I don't want to say anything and get myself in trouble here. She's been amazing. Once again, I want to thank Gina Sanzavero, VP of Marketing and Corporate Communications, and Michael Peveler, VP of Sales, both from Atlas IED. Thanks, James, and a happy Mother's Day to your wife. Thanks, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Like Success. Catch all past and future episodes by hitting the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast content. Don't forget to leave a rating and a comment on this episode. It's always appreciated. I'm your host, James Kent. Let's talk again soon.